0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now? This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin by calling in the helping spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first to your ancestors and to my ancestor, to all of these people who lived in a good way, who met the challenges of their time and bring to us all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I ask these ancestors to come and be with us in a way that helps us, the living, to meet the challenges of our time. Please help us to learn from the mistakes of the people who have gone before us. And help us to go forward in a way that brings out the innovation needed in our time. Help us to understand how the traditions look in our own day. And how to draw deeply on the wisdom of those who have been here before us. That we might not have to reinvent every single wheel presented to us. So we ask these ancestors to gather around us here today and to help us. Help us to be better humans. Help us to meet the challenges of our time in a way that brings forth our gifts so that all that is needed for those who are coming is here for them when they arrive. And with these ancestors gathered round I reach beyond the human ancestors to all of life here on earth and I ask these ancestors to gather round with us as well in all their many many forms and their great diversity we ask these spirits of nature to be with us spirits of the land and the great spirits of the land to be with us and to guide us help us to not take ourselves too seriously help us to surrender deeply into our humanity and understand how to be simple to use our power in a good way in the world and to be advocates for all life. And with all of these ancestors and their many forms gathering round, let us gather ourself. Let us draw down ourself from wherever it might be into our head, from our head to our heart, and our heart to our belly. And from our belly, let us reach down and touch the earth. And as we touch the earth, let the gratitude well up and spill out of our hearts as we give thanks for this day and for all that it holds. We give thanks for the possibility, thanks for the abundance, we give great gratitude for all that is here, for the diversity, for the beauty, for the turning of the seasons, and for the miracles of things like the Northern Lights. We give thanks for all of this and take a moment and just be in awe and simple wonder for the miracle of life that we each carry. And with the gratitude moving in our heart and beginning to pour out in its many layers, let us move down through the earth, letting that gratitude spill out through the earth as we move down and down and down into the very center of the earth. And in the very, very center of the earth, let us anchor ourselves firmly and take a moment to connect in to the darkness and the silence, the stillness, to that energy that is pure potential but not yet anything in form, not even the idea of it, but just the purity of that energy before it becomes anything, that which will nourish, that which will restore. We tune into this energy with great relief that it is present and we draw it up, up through all the layers of the earth into ourself. We allow this energy to flow into our life and we use it first to create grounding, to ground ourselves in the center of the earth and get a sense of who we are and where we stand what we stand for and in this place let us build a sense of home a sense of hearth a sense of belonging and let us do this in a way that is not connected to a place or a people that is not bound in only one way but let us ground ourselves and create a sense of hearth and home that is open to the human family and that understands the earth as a great shared resource for all of us. And let us to do this in a way that is conservative and uh, rejuvenating and sustainable. And as we connect to the energy of the earth, let us begin to feel deeper connection within ourself. Connection with the environment connection with others all around other ideas other ways of thinking and being and looking other ways of dancing and singing and celebrating life let us reach out to that family and connect and reach beyond those in physical form into the energies of all things and may we be blessed in this day by at least a moment of feeling that great web of life the true oneness of all things and let us take our relationship with ourselves from that oneness that we are part of that great web, and this guides us. Let us know that as we come to know ourselves, And from that, let us connect to the energy of the environment around us, of the people around us, and of those invisible energies around us, and come into right relationship with all of these things. And as this foundation grows underneath us from our connection and our interconnection, let us draw the earth energy up from our bellies to our hearts, our hearts to our minds, And from our minds, let it extend up and out into the sky and whatever weather the day holds for you. Out through the atmospheres and out into the cosmos. And out past all the heavenly bodies and the wonders and the mysteries of our cosmos. We reach out. And all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you know this energy, name it. Know yourself in it and it in you. And begin to draw this energy down. Drawing this energy into yourself, into these proceedings, into life, bringing in the energy of blessing and protection, bringing in the generosity and devotion and commitment, bringing in inspiration and illumination. And in this way, we draw down from above the great benevolence of this universe and all the wisdom of the cosmos. We connect to our ancestors, came from the stars. We reach all the way out to the beneficence of this great dreaming and we draw this in into our mind, into our heart, into our belly and we send this energy down and anchor it in the center of the earth. And in this way we open ourselves, our human selves, to be this place of this meeting of these two legendary lovers, earth and skies, they come together within us. And they are together, that big love, that complementary dualism that brings out life into manifestation as we experience it. And may this big love awaken the spirit of our own heart. Let our own heart come alive. Let the crucible of transformation that lives there become ready to call up the fiery passions of the belly and call down the crystal clarity of the mind and let these two energies dance together there in this crucible of transformation in the heart and let them dance in a way that gives birth to that third and most sacred thing our understanding of why we are here and may we find in our heart courage courage to do something large or small in this day to bring that gift out into the world in manifestation. So I give great gratitude to the energies that gather around us in every day to help us. Be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And with great gratitude to the spirit energies gathered around us, I also give gratitude to you as you are gathered around this show, whenever that might be. I give thanks to those of you that help me to keep the show alive and on the air. There are bills that must be paid to do that, and I give thanks to those of you that are helping me to make that a reality. So I give thanks to Elise and Sarah and Deborah, to Darcy, William, and Deb, and those of you that have been able to donate financially to the show. I give thanks to you if this show is meaningful to you in any way understand that there is an exchange of energy that is required from a shamanic perspective there's a great exchange of energy that moves all things and the Quechua call it Aini but this exchange of energy at its best is motivated by what moves us in the heart at least the human piece of it is And so if this show moves you in any way, even if it's irritation, frustration, distraction, and and wanting to fire off a very hot email to me, that is just fine because it means you've been moved in the heart. And if you have been moved in the heart, I ask you to do something, large or small, let that motivation in the heart motivate and to be meaningful and useful for people in the world. If you are not able to donate to the show, please share the show. Please comment about the show. If you're going to comment on the Facebook page about the show, make sure you tell us what show you're commenting about or it's a little bit um, sort of um, disconnected. Um, But anyway, there is a Facebook page for the show as well as the Why Shamanism Uh, now.com site you can donate there at the support button just click it donate any amount large or small it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air and we are grateful for all of it so we are not live today Uh, But if you have questions about today's show, please feel free to email me at Christina at LastMaskCenter.org and you also can email me there if you would like to make a donation to the show but you want to send a regular check, I'd be happy to give you a regular address to do that. Um, And thank you, everyone, for your support. I'm not exactly sure, but I am hoping that the show has once again um, been 100% listener-supported this year. So today... Is our final show the the topic of today is clarifying your true calling, and for this we've gone uh, for help from the visionary. So it's our final show in this series about creating sudden change, um, and our ritual is now complete. You know we've we've done our solstice ritual, and we now focus on the vision. So we trust the fire um, has taken the energies we have fed it. We now need to do our part to make that real. But we also at the same time need to ask ourselves, if not what we were doing, which is all that stuff we threw in the fire, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do differently? And so for guidance in this stage of our work, this stage of seizing this opportunity for sudden change so that we can align with our true calling and that our work will bear fruit in the new year. So in the next stage of this, we go to the visionary for guidance. Um, So for the first three weeks, we explored um, what we had to do to actually drop our old stories and stop telling ourselves lies so that we could seize this opportunity of sudden shift into this new version of ourselves and our lives. So here we are, a few days after our solstice, and now what? What? Okay, so we're going to the visionary, who is the last of the four archetypal, primary archetypal teachers in the cycle of transformation. Now, for those of you that might be joining us for the first time, the cycle teachings are a set of teachings that are offered in a four-year process, and they comprise a shamanic tradition uh, within a shamanic cosmology. And within that cosmology, you learn to work with your personal helping spirits and the teachers that populate the cosmology. And in this way, the teachers of the cosmology balance out your relationship um, with your helping spirits in the same way that the teachers of any shamanic cosmology of indigenous people balance out their personal relationship with the fullness of the invisible world. Okay, so today we've gone to the visionary for guidance at this phase in our process with the fire. So the first thing to remember is the visionary is not about vision. It's about which vision. Because of this, the visionary assists us in discerning what is true and what is false. Because when you're in the realm of the visionary, there's there's visions everywhere. The issue is which one? What is true for me? What is false for me? Okay, so that's the real issue of the visionary. If you're not having any visions at all, that's another issue of basically needing to detox and cleanse and open up your channels. Well, that's not really a visionary issue, it's actually a healing issue. Okay, so the important thing the visionary wants us always to remember is that there are small T truths, meaning your personal truths in the moment, and there are big T truths, meaning truths that are eternal, timeless, and much bigger than you are. So in a conversation that is ultimately about our true calling, we are talking about aligning ourselves and our personal passions with those bigger truths, with those bigger truths that are underneath that which is apparent. Okay, so the implication here is you cannot continue to live in your small-t personal truths and actually hope to get a grasp of what your true calling is. That they're not on the same scale. Your small tr- small truths won't help you until they're actually aligned with the greater truths. When you find your small t truths are coming up aligned with the greater truths, then you're in a good place to be talking about your true calling. But if you're still spinning around in your own perspective about what's going on, which was, of course, largely shaped by your unresolved issues of your childhood, then you're not even ready to start talking about the truth of your true calling. So that's why we did the ritual to free ourselves of those stories and those lies that trap us in our small T truths so we could start looking at some bigger T truths in life and really start to tune into our true calling. So, you've done your ritual, now what? So, first, ritual begins the transformational process. It's not the end. The ritual, the fire didn't do it for you. The fire began the transformational process in you that would allow you to seize this sudden change. Align with your true calling and make your efforts in the, in the coming year bear fruit. So you're in a process now with the fire, with the spirit world, to make good on, together, to make good on the help you asked for from the grandfather at the fire. So in other words, when you woke up this morning and saw... Within the first 10 minutes of being awake, all the issues you threw in the fire flare up in your life one way or another. You are not supposed to go, oh, crap, my fire didn't work. You're supposed to say, woohoo, my fire worked. The stuff is up and ready to be transformed, right? And so there are certain sort of do's and don'ts after the fire, but mostly what they really align with is trust the fire, Trust that the fire has created the situation that will allow you to now do what you need to do to make the changes real. What you don't want to do is trust the fire did it for you and then just go off and behave however you want to. That's a mistake. And I have seen that go very badly. So do not do that. So the ritual does not do it for you. And the ritual is not the end of the process, it is the beginning. So here we are in the beginning of a process and the condensed period of time of this process is these immediate two weeks following the fire and then overall the two months following the fire. So two weeks and then the six weeks that follow. Okay. Now another thing just in terms of getting our head on straight here. The visionary is not who the Westerners think the visionary is. Because we tend to be in the mind anyway, and even those of us who don't think we're intellectual, we are still very much in our heads. And we do tend to imagine things without engaging. Okay, so that doesn't work for the visionary. All right, the visionary, to work with the visionary is to work with your full body and your full humanity to align with the visions that are truly yours. And to be able to discern the difference between our visions, those which guide us, and those other visions that simply inspire us or excite us. There are many, many wonderful visions that we can get really excited about. They can inspire creativity. We can often offer input, but these are other people's visions. And the way we know this, and the only way we can know this, is that they do not ignite our true passions. They can't ignite our false passions, which is why that was an important piece of the work we did prior to the fire. So the important thing about the visionary and why visionary work actually requires our body and our humanity is we have to feel not just what engages our mind, but what really aligns with our heart and inspires and engages our deep personal passions. So the visionary in this sense, in this shamanic sense, um, invites us to know our true nature by dropping us into our humanness and exploring what it can mean to be uniquely human and this is, this is a really big challenge because the new aginess of our contemporary world is really an antibody or it's, um, you know, this whole wanting to ascend without your body. The body is, you know, it's all these um, kind of new age spins on the body being bad and that doesn't work with the visionary. The other thing that doesn't work with the visionary is to be too obsessively into the body part of the practices like yoga or Qigong or Tai Chi, Kung Fu, something like that and not engage in the spiritual dimension of all of those practices. They all have spiritual pieces that involve sort of usually less moving and more focus and Westerners tend to strip out that piece and go for the power, you know, like power yoga. And we don't actually hold on to the whole practice. And so this is what exploring your humanity is about. At least what visionary means when he's talking about exploring your humanity. Is to really drop into our humanness and explore what it means to be uniquely human as one part of this great web of life. Okay. So the visionary also invites us to know our own truth by growing up our emotional body, back to the thing I said in the beginning about small T-truths and large T-truths. So really a beautiful story about this is I was talking to a a student who had taken the clearing class, which is about clearing the energies that keep us in emotionally immature behavior in our life. And um, he was talking about how now his life is really simple um, but it was it was complex before because he knew he needed to learn to trust his emotions but, but because he had a history of addiction he couldn't that his emotions often seemed like the things that would lead him astray and so he was really struggling with how to get um he'd been in you know he'd been um clean and sober for a long time, but the challenge for him was how do I get into this emotional stuff because as soon as I start to go into that territory, I really get worried that i'm going back into behaviors that will ultimately lead me back into my addictive behaviors. And this is this is really common, actually. And, and he articulated it so beautifully. He said, now that I've taken the clearing class, it's really easy for me because when I'm starting to feel strong emotions, I just ask myself how old I feel. Most of the time, I don't feel my age. Most of the time, I feel like I'm a child. And then I can use the clearing process to track where that child is in my body. I can attend to that child's needs and clear that, and in doing that for a while, now I'm really beginning to feel tr- my true adult emotions, and I now I understand what you mean. He said by trusting your emotions, I'm beginning to have emotions that are trustworthy, feelings that are trustworthy, and so this is about beginning to tune into these greater truths, not just being run by the old stories. This is a really good version of what the visionary is saying about needing to grow up your emotional body so that you can truth tell with compassion and at the same time without compromising your integrity in the presence of other people's emotions. See, because as a child, we compromise the integrity of our emotions all the time for our parents. It's a really common aspect of childhood. In fact, some of us, depending on the emotional situation in the home, never actually learn what our own emotions really are because we're so busy compromising the integrity of our emotions to make other people happy or to not get hit, to not, you know, who knows? I mean, some people's childhoods were pretty scary. And so the important thing for the visionary is regardless of what your story is, it is your job as an adult who wants to live your true calling to grow up your emotional body so you can trust your emotions and their guidance in your life. And that you can be compassionate and present with other people and their emotions, let them have their emotions and not compromise the integrity of yours. It's a very important aspect of being able to lead yourself along your path of mastery that is your true calling. To tie back into last week's show so the visionary also invites us to know our vision simultaneously with the understanding that what we know isn't actually the end vision or the true vision now this is a piece we miss all the time this is the piece totally missed in the whole secret crowd i'm me in the moment And I do my best with all of my capacity to imagine the goal in the future, the vision. And it's fabulous. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. No reason in the world not to move towards it. And so I do. But if I truly understand vision, one of the things I understand is that in the process of moving towards the manifestation of that vision, I will become a different person capable of a bigger version of that vision. And so the important thing about working with the visionary is this balance between knowing that the vision that I have is not ultimately the vision I will manifest, which is why I need to not be attached to outcome. At the same time, I cannot be obsessive in continuing to adapt the vision so that I never get there. Right? So that's a balance and the visionary in its truth, There's so much about the visionary that is about true and false, about honesty, about integrity and impeccability. So in those energies, the visionary helps us find balance in that. Okay, so the visionary also um, invites us to know our relationship with the larger dreaming. And uh, that dream, which is the original dream. Because from a shamanic perspective, first there was a dream. Well, first there was nothing. No time, no place, no anything. And that nothingness dreamt. And out of that dream, manifest reality. So the dream comes first and then the reality. And so the visionary, the true role of the visionary in our life is to help us ultimately to align our true calling with that piece of the dreaming that is dreaming us into existence so that my sense of my dream is is the part of the big dream that is dreaming me and mostly most of us are dreaming something else because we're not dreaming big enough actually anyway my point is that's where the visionary can really take us and so this idea of I want my vision for my soul's purpose that has a job title that I, someone else has created and I can go get that job and live happily ever after is utterly and completely missing the point of the visionary, right? That it is ultimately about our relationship with the big dream. And the visionary teaches us how to align with the dream that is dreaming us. That is the biggest manifestation of our relationship with the visionary, So in the end, then, it becomes not so much about my soul's purpose, but about what is my part in the bigger picture of reality that is manifesting at this time. So, um, you can see that... The piece from the teacher was preparing us for this as the teacher last week was talking to us about how your true calling isn't just about what's going to make you happy and what do you want, that it's actually a path of mastery. And in that path of mastery, it ultimately begins to be this piece of this larger dreaming. Okay, so I said to the visionary, okay, visionary, it's a podcast. Right. I've got an hour. I'm trying to explain things to people. This, this is one of the hardest parts of the cycle teaching, actually. This whole year is really challenging for people. They have to do it and redo it and redo it to ever really get it. And here I'm sitting trying to tell you about it in a podcast in an hour. So the visionary gave me this image I'd never actually seen before, which was to visualize a great tree. So this is the great tree of the visionary. Okay, and so what What the visionary was showing me is that the roots of the tree, the, you know, that base and roots of the tree is you engaging your true nature, grounding into your humanity and your humanness. And then the trunk of this great visionary tree, in other words, the part of the visionary that's connecting your true nature, your humanity to your vision is the truth that's in your heart. And then the branches of the tree are the vision itself, whatever that might be. Um, So it's not just about having visions floating around in your mind, but it's a vision that resonates with your heart and your true nature. So it's grounded in your true nature. It's blossoming in your heart and it's there in the great branches of the big visionary tree. And then finally, the branches are up there in the sky Engaging the energy of the sun, drawing in the sun's um, energy literally into nutrition, right? That there's this literal engagement between the branches and the sunlight and the air that, pe- you know, people didn't pay attention in biology. They don't remember that it's not just branches up there waving about in space, that there's an actual engagement between the air and the sun and the, and the tree, and so that is the relationship between your vision and the bigger dreaming. So that's your visionary treat. Kind of keep in mind as we, as we continue on here. Talking about so now what, right? So you did your ritual, now what? Okay, so your first two weeks are the most important. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. The first two weeks can be the most challenging, And the reason that they are challenging is in this two weeks after a fire, a transformational fire, your life keeps trying to give you these things back, just in case you didn't really mean to do that change and let you sort of adjust yourself. And what we need to do in that first two weeks is really hold the line of the changes that we asked for at the fire. So these first two weeks are important for that reason. Um, And this is the time that your old patterns, your old stories, your old lies will make an effort to reestablish themselves. Why? Because, you know, you're possessed by evil things? No. The reason they do this is because we've given them life. We are huge manifestation machines. We give things life and anything given life wants to stay alive. And so these old stories, these old lies, these patterns, we've given them life. We've just suddenly tried to kill them off, right? We trust the fire is helping us to do that. But they will want to reestablish. And like a comfortable old shoe your podiatrist told you not to wear anymore because it's making you walk funny, we're going to want to put that comfortable old shoe back on. And so it's really important in the two weeks following the fire to stay vigilant, pay attention, to remember what you released, notice it when it arises, and do not play into it. So the visionary says, first and foremost, deny your tendencies towards indulgence and expose your tendencies towards denial. And so as these patterns and things are coming up, notice the ones that want to push you into any kind of indulgence, obsessive behavior, emotional indulgence, big expressions of emotion that are just kind of spinning and churning into drama, Um Uh, Did I already say obsessive behavior? Yeah, obsessive behavior, um, spinning in your mind, getting all caught up in your mind. Um, These are uh, tendencies towards indulgence, to notice them right, and not engage. Just notice and don't engage. If all you can do in the first two weeks is not engage in the patterns, to not believe in them, they will continue to lose power the other side of this though was to expose your tendencies towards denial our denial is often somewhat secretive it's it's kind of hard to hide indulgence because it's big and it's flamboyant and it's out there and people notice we notice it's easier to hide denial and so the other side the visionary is saying is as your patterns arise expose to yourself expose your tendencies towards denial as you notice yourself wanting to shut down, pull away, to deny what's going on, notice. So then, and you may not be able to do this until after the first two weeks. I'm going to talk about what happens the first two weeks. But but what you want to do with what you're noticing is this. From the visionary's perspective, this is all about clarifying. Remember, the purpose of the show is clarifying your true calling. So the visionary is saying, ask yourself, with those, with those um, patterns you noticed that were indulgences, what is the true emotion under the drama or whatever it is that you're indulging in? So trace past the indulging into a deeper knowing. And in doing this work, you'll begin to discover your true nature. Not your personality and not your personality (laughs) flaws, but to follow back to the true emotions and work with them there and in that to begin to shine light on your true nature. So then the denial piece is uh, what is the true fear under the secret that you're holding in your denial and to trace that into this hidden aspect of your true nature. So it's about bringing your true nature into the light of your own awareness by noticing what is really underneath the indulgences and what is being hidden, you know, what are you desperately trying to hide in the secrets, in the denials, and to to use the patterns and they're rising up in your life, the indulgences and the denials, to trace back deeper into yourself and to see the true nature that is being exposed. To you, you know, to see your own true nature. So this is all about tracking. It's all about tracking yourself and what arises directly after the ritual. And this helps you to see into yourself. And to see into yourself in a way you couldn't if the fire hadn't lifted up these patterns. You ask the fire to help you to change. And whether they're stories or lies doesn't really matter. The point is now they're just patterns that you're wanting to change. And so In doing this, you're going to gain a deeper understanding of why aligning with your true calling has been a challenge because you've been aligning with the indulgences and the denials instead of aligning with your true calling. So by tuning in and exposing your true nature and then thinking about what do I do to support that, it helps you then begin to swing your energy and awareness over to align with your true calling. Okay. So, next piece the visionary offers us is the instruction to begin to cultivate a conscious relationship with the big dreaming, that that big dream, that is dreaming all of reality into existence. And so the important thing always to remember about the big dream is time lag. I mean, even though time's not real, skip that for now and just realize that the dream has been dreamt. If it's present in your life... It's already been dreamt. Just kind of keep that in mind. And so what the visionary is suggesting that you do to literally cultivate a relationship with this bigger dream is um, what the visionary calls AMP in practice. Okay. And so this will also have the added effect of helping you to cultivate your relationship with your true self. Because your true self knows your true vision. So, um... After this, the visionary is going to also offer us some journeys that will help us explore that more fully. But first, um, there's the tracking, the noticing the stories. The next piece the visionary offers us is this cultivating your conscious relationship with the big dream through the AM-PM practice. So... It begins with your p.m. practice, right, meaning your evening practice. So this is to cultivate your conscious relationship again with the big dream. And so first off, you need to use your imagination to visualize yourself at what the visionary calls the dreaming place. Now, the dreaming place is a place you can also, for those of you that journey, you can ask your helping spirits to take you to your dreaming place. It's a very particular power spot. You can imagine it. Or you can journey to it. And of course, once you've journeyed to it, it's easier to imagine it and vice versa. But these are the qualities of the dreaming place. So number one, it is a place in non-ordinary reality. Oh, sorry. By dreaming place, I don't mean a place for your dreaming. I mean a place that you connect to the big dreaming. Okay, that's that's the point of this power spot is allows you to connect in a good way with that larger dream that's dreaming reality into existence It's a way for you to imagine that okay so at your dreaming place again not to be confused with your nighttime dreaming place so in your dreaming place it is a place in non-ordinary reality okay what is true about this place in non-ordinary reality is it gives you a view Whether you see that or feel that, it gives you a vantage point when you're at this place to see or hear or experience in some way the big dreaming as a flow of energy. And even though we can debate time and whether or not that exists, there is still this sense as we understand the dreaming as movement from the the origin of that dream. and and in shamanic perspective the birth of from that dream of grandfather fire and grandmother ice who then dream and then everything keeps um, developing out of that dream because everything born of the dream is a dreamer okay so from your dreaming place you have a vantage point to see experience somehow be able to witness the flow of the great dreaming that is manifesting reality that's what's important about it. Now, in in my set of teachings, we use this place to work with a, a dream tool, which allows us to engage the big dreaming without damage to reality. Um, that's not what we're doing right now. The point of this place is for you to simply go there to the dreaming place and to meet the helping spirit that is there to help you answer your questions in cultivating your personal little person relationship with the Great Big Dreaming. So there's the place, there's the experience of the dreaming, and there's the helping spirit. Now ultimately, as you go there, you want to open up to your capacity to hear it as a great song, to see it with your Journey spirit eyes um, as as a great flow of energy, and to feel it so and the thing about feeling it is that you feel the flow so you start to feel the things that are aligned with it because you can then begin to feel what is contrary to it, and this feeling this sense of knowing things in alignment with this great dreaming or contrary to it, is a really big issue in shamanism. So, uh, my point is that as a shamanic practitioner, I am guided by aligning things with the big dreaming. So, let's say that a person is sick, and the alignment with the dream and this person is that the sickness takes them into death. But their family wants to hire me to heal the person into life, not into death. So the challenge here then as a shamanic practitioner is to honor the initiations and the commitments in shamanism. I have to serve the big dream. And so what I would serve is this person's movement healing into death, that movement that I wouldn't be able in good conscience to take on the job of the family wants me to do, which would be to heal the person back into life. And so cultivating a relationship with the big dream and getting a sense of what flow, what is flowing in relationship with it and is affirming the evolution of life and what is contrary to it is an important sense to cultivate in shamanism to have a strong to that what is contrary to right relationship with all life i mean this is something i've had many arguments about with people that the question is how can you know well you can't know in your head that ultimately when you talk to the shamans they gesture to their heart or their belly when they're talking about knowing these things and so this is why the vision just happened in your head it's not just Visionary work in that limited way that Westerners think of it. So this is the, the greater purpose. subject with the big dream and your, your ever-growing intuitive sense of being in alignment with it or being contrary to it or being eddied out of their life because of our culture has so profoundly failed us in shaping us to be engaged, mature, masterful people is that people just eddy out. They're not with the flow or contrary to the flow. They're just stuck, eddied out. Okay. So, this book, to, to turn it all off and to take a moment or 10 minutes or to so, a place and settling in, connecting with the helping spirit that is there to help you cultivate this relationship and opening up your sensory body to sense the big dream. And that's all. That's all you do is just to connect with it and cultivate that relationship and familiarity with it. And, and then, as you feel done, to ask that you can visit this place in your sleep. Now, the a.m. part then is um, to ground in the morning in your altar practice, ground whatever visions or dreams that came to you last night in your altar practice by taking a moment and just tuning into what came, what, what do you feel is growing in your relationship with the great dream? It's a very subtle practice. It's not about grand things happening, but it's about the ongoing relationship with this energy and taking the time morning and evening to check in and to cultivate that. Um, So as you grow more familiar with the big dreaming and gaining a working vocabulary for yourself with the big dream, your sense of what you're um, becoming conscious – so the point of the morning practice is to become consciously aware of what happened unconsciously in your PM practice. And in this way, you can begin to cultivate a stronger and stronger sense of your true self as well because the self – that it um easily connects with the big dream is your true self and your true self knows your true calling and so part of the reason we don't know our true self is the same reasons we don't know the big dream is because we haven't spent any time to cultivate those relationships okay so that's part two from the visionary as we follow up with our fire okay So the visionary also offers us these journeys that we can take to begin to explore ourself and um, the issues of truth and our true self and our true calling and all these different aspects we're wanting to explore as we get ready to engage the coming year. And of course, it's important to state the obvious, which is this time following the solstice fire is all winter time for us here up in the Northern Hemisphere. And so this is all yin time. This is time of exploring, doing emotional work, clearing work, decluttering work in our inner self so that we are better aligned as our energies want to rise and emerge in springtime. Okay, so the journeys. So they're kind of in uh, three sets. So the first set is about exploring your personal truths relative to your greater truths. And so the first journey is to show me where in my life I am most truthfully aligned with my true calling. Now, you don't have to know your true calling to do this journey. It's kind of the point of it. Okay, so you are asking to be shown where in your life you are most truthfully aligned with that calling, whatever it is, that's the point of the journey. And then the second journey is the complementary journey, which is to show me where in my life I am most false in my sense of my true calling. And so you do these journeys and get a sense of where you most truthfully aligned and where are you false in your alignment and in your sense of your true calling. Okay, And then, given the answers that you receive from these two journeys and how you've interpreted those answers, then you journey and ask what do I need to do to align and express my power through my true calling? And again, you don't need to know what your true calling is. You just need to ask the question, what do you need to do to align and express your power through your true calling? So it's just You're just gathering information. Now, if this seems like something you can begin doing, then you would begin to do it. But that's the first set of journeys. So the second one is as you become aware of your patterns of indulgence and your patterns of denial, you can explore these journey questions. So this was that first part the visionary was talking about. So these questions won't make much sense if you haven't actually been tracking those patterns um, as they arise. Um, given the challenge um, after the fire. Okay, so these questions are show me the ways my true self gets lost in my habits of self-denial and show me the ways my true self gets lost in my habits of indulgence. Okay, so if you're still learning about your habits of indulgence and denial, these journeys aren't going to be that helpful. But if you're clear about that, these, are, these will be really helpful because now you're going to start to see the way your true self gets lost in those. So it's not about the habits anymore. It's about how you get lost. And then given the answers to what you receive from these two journeys and how you interpret them, then journey and ask, show me what I need to do to strengthen or heal my heart so that I'm able to fully express my power. And then you can begin to do those things if it feels timely. Okay. So then the last set of journey questions is, um, These uh, journeys, the last set is going to be most helpful if you're developing a sense of the roots. If you think about the image the visionary gave about the visionary tree and you're developing a sense of the roots of this visionary tree in your true nature, then these journeys' questions are, where in my life have I shaped my nature into what others expect? And then where in my life have I shaped my nature into what others need from me? and where in my life has I shaped my nature to gain approval from others? And given these answers and your interpretation of them, then journey and ask, what are the essential things I need to do to align my growing sense of myself with my true nature? Now the sequence of these sets of journeys is not important. You might find you're really attracted to some and not at all to others. Um, but anyway, They're all opportunities the visionary is giving you to explore more deeply into what's arising from the fire. So the visionary is encouraging us to develop our visionary capacities. In the first part, the noticing of the patterns that arise, the visionary is guiding us to enhance our perception or our seeing our our external patterns. In the A.M.P.M. practice with the dreaming place, the visionary is guiding us to engage our imagination in seeing the invisible world, which encourages our intuition. And in the journeys, the journey part the visionary has given us, the visionary is guiding us to enhance our insight or our internal viewing. And all the while that we're developing our visionary capacities, we're answering the question, how can I better align my use of my power with my true calling? So ultimately, the point is to get us to open our scope of seeing so that our sense of what my vision actually means expands to the point where we could actually know our true calling. That we, as contemporary people, tend to scope way too far down or we're way too wide open. And the visionary is trying to help us to um, focus appropriately Okay, And our greatest place of stumbling with the vision is in this dialing down too narrow in a sense of what the vision is and how we have visions. We have this this very limited idea of how we have visions or having the vision be too expansive. Okay, so now how does this help you use your solstice fire right, to seize the opportunity for sudden change? So that's the key phrase for you right now, seize the opportunity for sudden change in this half moon time so that is the two weeks following the solstice That's half a moon cycle and then what do we need to do to get this done over the next six weeks so what needs to be done your path forward will look something like this um, one notice the patterns that are arising immediately and do as the visionary has guided us to do begin your am pm practice then on January 3rd or 4th, you will conduct your gratitude fire ritual, which is at the half moon time. It's two weeks from your fire. And at that point, you have a mini fire ritual or a big one, doesn't really matter. But the point of that fire is not to release anything new. It is to give the fire that is helping you gratitude for the help that has been given. And in this way, that sort of incessant, are you sure you meant to do that rising of the patterns will cease and you'll be able now to just simply get to work. So again, it's a fire ritual, just like the one you did before, only the only thing you're offering to the fire is your gratitude for the work that has been done. I'm not saying you're making a list of what has been done. You are saying thank you for everything you asked for as if it has been done. Okay. So then moving along, now you do your journeys and allow your sense of what needs to be done to emerge from your journey answers. And then part of the action is not falling back into the old patterns. The other part of the action is doing new things um, that you need to do now. Um, So part of this is the new things that are arising out of your journeys The other part of the new things is what you need to begin to do to envision yourself in a life that is shaped by your one true responsibility. So these six weeks then, so there's first two weeks after the fire and then these next six weeks, which I just sort of generally talked about, these coincide with the return, with this time that is the time of the the whole year-long cycle That we use to get out of our way, out of the way of our true self, of the one that knows why we're here. So, we talked about this deeply in the show about winter and kidneys, which was a couple of months back. Um, So, you might want to re listen to that one now in the context of following up with your fire. So, this was the second show about transitions, and it's important to bring into play here. (coughs) Excuse me, there's also a show. In the very first year called the return, filling the well. From from that first year, I also recommend re-listening to that. It's called the return, filling the well. So the return uh, refers to a time taken in the winter to return to the source. Or in Taoism, it's referred to as the mountain. And to swim in one's lake. So the lake would be one's yin resources and just to be in that energy of that pure potential that is not asking us to do anything yet, but to replenish and restore and renew. Now, for most of us, we find the yin lake is pretty much drained because what fills the yin lake is our healthy emotional life. And for most of us, it's not very healthy. So that's why the winter time ends up being time for deep emotional work to go back and catch up with ourselves and do the emotional work that allows the waters of the yin lake to rise. And this is the work we don't have time for throughout the year. I don't have time to deal deeply with that. I need to do this. I need to do that, especially in the summertime, big yang time. And yet the winter is the time we need to catch up with ourselves and to do the work that explores ourself, whether we have time for it or not. And essentially, you're getting out of the way of you of your true self and in particular that self who knows why you're here. So you want to clear the false passions that hide your truly passionate self. You want to clear the ways you have learned to be that hide the true desires of your true nature. And you want to clear the fears and anxieties of the kidneys and the adrenal glands that you have acquired by avoiding the truth of your heart and as you work with the visionary and your helping spirits over the next two months the path will emerge and as you allow yourself the work of the winter your energy and bravery will be restored and as you cultivate your relationship with the big dream your sense of your own thread in that great weave of the universe will become more clear to you and then in the spring You can follow that thread into the ever greater clarity and alignment with your true calling. So I give thanks to the energy of the ancestors and all their many forms as they have gathered around. I give thanks to the energy of the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. I want to remind everyone that we have a great wintertime yin opportunity to join me in the Bahamas, January 26th and 27th, um, at the Sivananda Ashram for the Yoga Dreams and Dreaming, an exploration of the second state of consciousness, where I'll be with Robert Moss, Ed Tick, and others. So you're welcome to join us there. And um, if it is truly aligned with your true calling, Massive Illusion and the, and the Authentic Self begins in July. Uh, the 5th through the 10th in 2015. So thank you everyone. Have a great and nourishing winter time.